Today's episode brought to you by Dick Pills. Dick Pills is a revolutionary new product that makes your wiener work again. Remember when you were 13? Terrorists could hold your mother hostage and Peter Pokeslot wouldn't stand down. But today, things are different. Wee Willy Winky won't work anymore. That's where Dick Pills comes in. Chewable? Yep. Swallowable? Mm-hmm. We even have the old kind that you have to push up your urethra with a Q-tip. Get your dick pills now at dick.pills. Also, we have a new product to get your wife ready for some action. We call it wine. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a fart from a flappy bottom. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. And you guys should check us out at our website, Horror Movie Talk.com. Pretty easy to get there if you can spell. I'm looking at you, guy who can't spell. You know who you are. From there, you can find links to all of our social media, even LinkedIn and YouTube. We post new podcasts every Wednesday, and every podcast gets its own post on the website with a review that goes even more in-depth, or in-depth in a different way, than our podcasts. Oh, that was quite nice. <laughs> and also, each episode post has time codes, so you can skip through parts of the episode that you don't care about. Yeah, that'll sh- also show up in your podcast platform under the information tabby tab. Yeah. So, uh, with all that information, you surely will want to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review that is... Um, nothing short of five stars or however high the star rating goes on that podcast platform. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. I'm actually, I'm pleasantly surprised with the show that we are... Yeah, I did not expect that I'd be excited about talking about this movie. I really thought this was going to be a super dredge, because today we're reviewing the third installment in the Annabelle series, Annabelle Comes Home. This is, of course... Another installment in the Conjuring franchise, which has, well, it's had some hit or misses recently, within the past mm, two years, starting, I'd say, primarily with Annabelle, it's not Origins, it's uh, the second one, and I have... Annabelle Origins is the second Annabelle one. No, it's not called Origins, It's, it's called something else. Anyway... The Nun was kind of meh, too. Uh, but, uh, but this one, surprisingly good. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, Annabelle Comes Home. We'll start out the show by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable, miserable dredge where it makes you angry that you had to watch it, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks and is nothing short of totally average. Annabelle Creation. There it is. Is what it's called. Yeah. And 10 on our scoring uh, on our score rating is so good that it transcends genre boundaries and is a horror movie that should receive Academy Award winnership in some way, but it won't because it's a horror movie. 
After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later in the show, we will be doing taglines, as almost always. So, without any further ado, let's get into the review. We went and saw Annabelle Comes Home, and it was a return to the roots of the Conjuring franchise in a good way. So, let's play the trailer. Everything you see in here is either haunted, cursed, or has been used in some kind of ritualistic practice. (laughs) Nothing's a toy. It's safer for these things to be in here than out there. Sometimes it's better to keep the genie in the bottle. Don't your parents keep any creepy stuff around? You keep it all locked away in a room so that we're safe. It's not really good for anyone to go in there. wrong house there's no annabelle here yes she is i sometimes see things like how my mom sees things the doll it's a beacon for other spirits This entry into the Conjuring franchise takes place almost exclusively within Ed and Lorraine Warren's house. While the Warrens leave to fight demons and ghosts, they hire the hottest babysitter in the universe, Mary Ellen, to watch their daughter, Judy. Ah, Oh my god! Ah, ah, ah. (laughs) Dear god! There's a big... Yeah, with the uh, jump scares in this movie that they and they also included in the trailer, lots of silence in that trailer. Yeah, it's uh, it's reminiscent of the movie very right. much. It's a uh, it's a cut out of the movie. I'll I'll start that over again because I was so distracted and scared by that jump scare. <laughs> this entry into the Conjuring franchise takes place almost exclusively within Ed and Lorraine Warren's house. Ed is of course played by Patrick Wilson and Lorraine played by Vera Farmiga. Uh, While the Warrens leave to fight demons and ghosts, they hire the hottest babysitter in the universe, Mary Ellen, played by Madison Eisman, to watch their daughter, Judy, played by McKenna Grace, and, and also Mary Ellen watches their house for them. While the Warrens are away, the children do play, and Mary Ellen's friend, Daniela Rios, played by Katie Serif... Which is like the poor man's Mila Kunis. Is what I kept running through my head. 
<clears throat> yeah. Um, I there's got to be some kinder way to say poor man's. No. Okay. It's the best way to say it. But it's just it's it just like if you want Mila Kunis, but like you just can't. She's she's booked up. You can't justify Mila Kunis for this role because she's forty. <laughs> well, yes, that also. Anyway, but yeah, she she does harken back to uh, to old good old Mila. Um, so Mary Ellen's friend Daniela Rios, played by Carrie Sarif or Katie Sarif, invites herself over to hang out at the Warrens. Daniela breaks into the Warren's no-touchy room, storing all their super-haunted shit, and ends up letting Annabelle out of her cage. Pretty quickly, these girls find themselves with more doll than they bargained for. (laughs) Too much doll. Mary Ellen's crush, Bob, played by Michael Cimino also shows up to provide a great amount of comic relief. I included Bob in this synopsis, despite him being a very small character, because his role is critical to this being a good movie, and Michael Cimino did a great job in the role. Right. While the Annabelle series had a strong start, in my opinion, this is my opinion, for some reason, the rest of the world does not seem to agree with me. With the original Annabelle, the sequel was nothing short of bad. Annabelle Comes Home was enjoyable in almost every way. It had a strong script with a believable and lovable characters who were acted well by a very capable cast of young adults and children, which I would think is a tall order. While the pacing was a bit too fast for my taste, the movie didn't suffer from it too much, and it did an admirable job of hearkening back to the long, drawn-out dread tension builds of The Conjuring 1 and 2. These actresses were great, the premise was solid, the execution was skillful, the experience was very enjoyable, and if you're looking to have a fun time with some jump scares and fakeouts, this is an even better option than Child's Play 2019, although not nearly as goofy. My score for this movie is 8 out of 10. Yeah, i am been struggling to figure out what score to give it. Um, yeah. I think probably a a seven is where I'm going to lay because it's definitely better than average and it really kind of redeems itself at the end Um, because it's exactly what you'd expect with a Conjuring movie. That's kind of what I expected going into it is like, okay, I know exactly what this is going to be like. It's going to be a fair to middling jump scare movie. In the Conjuring universe, it's probably going to try to be a return to um, the original Conjuring movies and have a little more story. It doesn't really. <laughs> like, it's it's very much uh, premise-based. It's a factory for, for scares and spooks. Right. Um, but that being said, it did meet the the baseline for, like, character development and storytelling, that is surprisingly rare in horror movies. Yeah, and this one not only did it meet the it exceeded those quite quite handily in my opinion. Like all the characters, I understand their I understand their their character, I under, I understand their um the reason they're there and what they're looking to do and I feel empathy for them. Um yeah, I think everyone except Mary Ellen for me. I'm not really sure what her 
what her deal was. She she was the responsible young adult who was trying. In my this is this is right. my interpretation of it is she's she's being paid to be a babysitter and she's trying her darndest to keep the lid on everything. But darn it, there's just all these ghosts and demons in the house. Yeah. Um. But that that being said, I didn't. The, I wasn't like uh, delighted as many times as that would that would warrant me to give it an eight. There were some times that was like, yeah, that really worked really well and it's really well executed. Um, but so it's, it's better than an average movie, but I mean, even, even child's play, the last one, even though it's a hot mess, I think I enjoyed it more than this one. That's fair. But it, I, I, I give them the same score. It definitely boils down to kind of a taste thing. Yeah. You know, because like for me, I really do enjoy a lot of a lot of scares, uh, and this one did it. You know, they know they. Not only do they know the formula, it's not an easy necessarily an easy formula. You, you would think it would be, but you have to you have to throw in enough enough fake outs to make the actual ones you know real. Or like right. th- when I think about the very best one at this, it's it, in in recent memory, it's. Uh, terrified or atarados mm-hmm. um which is has the full gamut of every single kind of scare i can imagine and it's it's the same movie right it's just a factory for for scaring the pants off of you and while this one is not nearly as skillful uh it's it's much better than i expected and uh and i care about all the characters much more than the characters in terrified right I mean, I I got kind of oversold the original Conjuring movie, so when I watched them, they weren't as impressive as as people were telling me. Mm -hmm. But I can admit that they're very good at at being formulaic, formulaic. Yeah, you know, setup, delivery of scares. Um, They know what they're doing. Yeah, and the most of the entries into the Conjuring universe enter exploitative realm of okay all right stop insulting the audience's intelligence right kind of thing around that um and that's why i had low expectations going to this because we just saw curse of la Yorona. and that was barely an entry though it's and this one just basically the premise was you know what you're getting going into it it's like okay you know that room with all the scary stuff in it, and as an audience, you're like, "Man, what what are the possibilities of that room?" Like, I would, I just want to know what everything does, and I want to be scared by everything in that room. This movie is specifically to fulfill that question, to give the audience exactly what they want from seeing that room. And uh, I think Cabin in the Woods parodied that. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, this was trying to deliver that in earnest. It is kind of as ridiculous as you would think it would be, but it works. Yeah, it does work. And, um, and you know, there's enough interesting stuff in this that, uh, so like all the bad things in that room, like they're varied and interesting and unique. Right. And, uh, and that's, and that, 
goes a long way for me. You know, it's like... Yeah, there is a certain point where about... It's probably about three... The first three-fourths of the movie was like, okay, we're it's just the generic jump scares. It's all around Annabelle. You know, okay, now you see her, now you don't. Now there's there's creepy ghosts coming, inquiring about Annabelle or something like that. Is and Annabelle then um, And then it really, like, redeems itself in the last, like, act when the rest of the room is featured, like the rest of the stuff in the room. Yeah. And it kind of goes uh, into a little bit wackier space. Yeah. With, and like, it works. Like the, the TV part. Oh, I love the great. TV. Oh man. Um, we can talk about the other stuff in the, in spoilers, but oh, we will. It's very much more like <laughs> supernatural world of, all right, let's just take every, every mythical and sci-fi and twilight zone, kind of yeah. idea and stuff it in this last act give it a little a little conjuring twist and then throw it at you right um so it works i i would recommend it for for people that want to see a scary movie and it should it should be noted in terms of like uh entry level horror this is pretty great oh yeah because it's it's pg13 there's nothing like too offensive it's just literally playing on your expectations and following on the heels of that fucking terrible sequel did you expect how how did this happen i don't understand how people say that annabelle creation is a good movie i don't either it, I, it, it was it blows my mind it was that it, they're like that's the good one demonstrably I bad can't, i can't imagine how bad Anna, i haven't seen annabelle but annabelle, i can't imagine how bad that one is it, it, <laughs> I just got done saying it's it's like in my mind it's uh, about about this one it's, it's about as good as this one. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and review that one next week because because I want to test that theory. It's been a while. When I saw it in theaters, it was I had a great time. I was thrilled and scared. Um, so I, I I wonder how how it'll hold up. It was only like two or three years ago. It was like three years ago. Three or so. Or four years ago, it was like twenty fifteen or sixteen, yeah. something like that. But uh, but yeah, it it featured the the Annabelle demon, um, which worked really well. Yeah, I don't. In Annabelle creation, I honestly had to just look it up in Wikipedia because I was thinking, did they actually tell the origin story of Annabelle? No, because like, it doesn't. Didn't explain God, it. It was especially, such a bad movie. Especially in this movie, it explains very early on. I don't think this is a spoiler. Uh, it just says that Annabelle isn't possessed yeah. by a demon. The demon uses her to basically play with people and possess people. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. And I don't remember there being much about a demon in Annabelle creation. There it was wasn't. just about... I think I think uh, from Wikipedia, I I remember that there was a girl that died in the beginning that was named Annabelle, and Annabelle was probably her doll or something, and then yeah. scary Annabelle things yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. My beef with Annabelle creation is that <laughs> it has so little character development that it's you just don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. It's like exploitative they drop off literally a bus full of orphans 
And that's it. It's a, it, They're orphans. You, you care. You care because they're kids. Now they're going to die. All right. So let's get into... Well, you know what... You guys, if you want to help support the show, we do have a Patreon, and we're coming alarmingly close to the end of our Founders Club promotion, which is you pay five bucks a month uh, to our Patreon, and you get grandfathered into all of the Patreon perks that are coming down the road. But uh, once it goes away, um, which I believe is coming up very shortly... um, that's no longer a deal. And uh, also, I'll send you some stickers and a, and a thank you card in the mail, which is nice to receive a little something in the mail, a little, little present, a little prize. And then you can go vandalize public property with those stickers. Um, you can also support the podcast by buying anything on Amazon. If you go ahead and click through the green button in the head of our web, header of our website, it says buy stuff on Amazon or something like that, it's right next to the Patreon button that says become a patron. That'll help out our show as well. Finally, if you would like access to tons and tons of streaming horror, head on over to Shudder, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com, and enter HMT at checkout to get a 30-day free trial instead of that stupid seven-day free trial, which we hate so very much. Seven-day free trial for dweebs yeah, for is what I call it. Dorks. Bunch of dorks. If you If you like throwing money away... Then get that seven day free trial. Yeah, get that seven day. But uh, but if you like the you know to be a cool guy, then head on over there and enter HMT at checkout. Get that thirty day free trial. So thanks again, and let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. Bryce, do you realize that this is the third doll movie in a row that we've reviewed? <laughs> I know. June was the month of dolls. The uh, valley of dolls of horror movie talk. <laughs> Bryce, do you realize that this is the fourth movie we've d- the fourth doll movie we've done in less than a year? Yep. Do you remember what the other one was? Puppet Master the Littlest Reich. Yeah, so we got Puppet Master the Littlest in in chronological order. Uh, is to how we reviewed them. It went Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, then Child's Play 1988, then Child's Play 2019. Now Annabelle uh, comes home. And Bryce, do you realize that we're recording another doll movie next week? Annabelle. Oh, well. Along with Midsummer, So we're going to be doing a, a twofer. Um, not to be released uh, both next week. Uh, but that's a lot of doll movies, man. Yeah. The fuck well, is... Uh, we also have... All of the Puppet Master movies that we got to review. We've got like the, the, the complete collection. <laughs> that's still that's here somewhere. Yeah, you do have. Uh, Bryce has a. He's got like seven movies. There's a box set of all the Puppet Master installments, which I can only assume. Well, it's not a box. It's it's one DVD that has all of them right i think that's a box set it was bought at 7-eleven for five dollars oh baby <laughs> so bryce is in 7-eleven getting a slurpee and he's like oh shit puppet master <laughs> i mean we had just reviewed it and i was like and we had talked about like how many of these movies are there 
Yeah. And sure enough, there's a DVD for five bucks for all of them. You can't pass that up. By the way, you head on over to our Child's Play 2019 review, and we got a link to the Blu-ray box set of all the Child's Plays, minus the newest one. So you get that Chucky boxed set off of that i got a link on the on the thing you just clicked mm-hmm. that anyway so let me just start off uh the spoilers for annabelle comes home by saying what the tagline for it is possess them all dot 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 okay okay so i'm just gonna let that breathe so it's kind of like the pokemon it's kind of it's kind of like the I wasn't going to say anything. Got to possess them all. Possess them all. Joke them all. The movie starts out with the Warrens acquiring Annabelle from some dirty hippies, or at least that's what I wanted them to be. They were probably more like young adults out of college, question mark. And the yeah, what was the so that must have been I assume the connective tissue between Annabelle and the Warrens, like the the first yes. Annabelle movie. Yes, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've never seen it, so I can. Say. It's been a while, so I can't. I can't really recall, but yes, that would uh, that would make sense. Uh, and then we we and then the the Warrens are like, hey, you know what? We'll uh, we'll keep her safe. And they're like, shouldn't we just destroy the doll? And they're like, no, no that'll make it worse. That'll make it worse. And, and I was like, would it really though? And I mean, how how though? Can you give me more details about why that would make it worse? Well, it seems like a pretty easy. You're a religious man. Surely you understand the intricacies of destroying a a, a an anti-religious object, right? Um, it disperses the evil instead of keeping it contained within the one singular thing. Y- yeah, but this is my unprofessional opinion. Or. Layman. I mean, I'd rather have dispersed evil than focused evil. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that's a, that's <laughs> up for would debate. You, would you rather have uh, shit in water that's one part per million, or would you like a log of shit inside your water cup? Well, if I mean, is it? I mean, if I'm giving the water cup to you and you're driving away to Connecticut, uh-huh. then yeah, that one. I would rather not what? have any shit in my water. <laughs> I would rather you take the shit away from me. It's just... Okay. All right. Moving, All right. Moving on. So so then we get a... Sh- so then the Warrens are... This, I really like this beginning. It's charming and great and a total horror movie start because then the Warrens are like, All right, another day, another dollar. They, they, got, the, they got the doll in the back seat, just sitting in the middle, like buckled up. <laughs> in their whatever dodge dart and they're they're driving home down the highway and it's approaching night and annabelle's buckled up (laughs) sitting in the back seat just smiling (laughs) having a good ride and uh the and then the warrens are diverted from their highway route (laughs) for late night construction (laughs) like why (laughs) like it's nighttime and they they approach they you know this is like the 60s or whatever and there were there wasn't the intricate like freeway system it's just a bunch of kind of like scenic highways and byways kind of thing so the they approach this construction spot at night <laughs> you know those construction workers you can't get them away from that construction site yeah. they're just real hard workers the construction worker is like well there's a diversion so you just got to drive around we just 
You can't go through this 15-foot patch of shit that we got going on right here. So take a 20-mile detour. And the Warrens are like, okay. (laughs) Which, Which is great. I love it. Go with it. So then they're forced on this uh, on this diversion to pass the creepiest graveyard in the creepiest part of the creepiest state. Was there is there significance of the graveyard itself? Because it says like Marysville or something. Like, is that a thing in the other movies? That specific graveyard, or is that just for this movie? If there is, I don't know about it. All right, uh, you and guess, then, and then. Uh, Spooky, spooky things happen, mm-hmm. and I. <laughs> one of the things that just made me kind of smirk was one of the tropes or one of the um, elements of these Conjuring movies, especially the ones that feature the Warrens specifically. So the actual Conjuring movies is it features very, very earnest and serious talk about paranormal stuff, right? without a hint of irony. Yeah. And it's like, it shows commitment, you know? Yeah. And it's, it works, like, in the world, you're like, okay, at least they committed to it. Right. You know, that it's not just like, all right, we're making a horror movie. Not a tongue-in-cheek like, thing. Like, <laughs> zombies, uh, uh, Which is, isn't that stupid? It's fine, but it's not this movie. Yeah. You know, it's that's a different, that's Puppet Master. Right. <laughs> And uh, one of the lines, for example, full seriousness, is uh, Elizabeth Warren saying to Ed, it's the doll, Ed. It's a beacon for other spirits. Yeah. Yeah. She's dead serious. And it's it's just very much like, here is exposition now, but you believe in this world that they would talk that seriously about this stuff? Yeah. Which, (laughs) when you see really good-looking Hollywood actors speak, you're like, huh, that's, those are interesting people. They must know a lot about this in the real life. When you see like paranormal investigators and stuff, they're just a bunch of fucking nerds. Well, they're like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm getting this reading on the EKG meter and blah, 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 and taking it like super seriously. And you're like, that's just, that's just kind of sad. The interesting thing about that is I, I, do believe that Ed and Lorraine Warren would probably speak that way. They were, right. I mean, for those, but of, they would also in real life be those nerds. Though. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who aren't familiar with my rants on Ed and Lorraine Warren, they are the ultimate hacks. <laughs> Rest in peace, Lorraine, who this movie is at the end. You learn that this movie is, um, what dedicated, it, to dedicated her. Yeah. to her. She passed this year and she stole people's money. Um, by being convincing at, you know, claiming dolls are possessed. I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. there's something to that, maybe. Um, it, I mean, I... Peace of mind sort of thing for the victim. For me, it's definitely... Most of my life, it's been the realm of I want to believe. Yeah, you same know, here. Very, very much like X-Files of... I want... It's really exciting to think about, and I really want to, like, experience something, you yeah. know, paranormal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but I never have, and the the older I get and the more mature, I'm just like this isn't that's just not real. Yeah, it's preying it's preying on that. It's preying on that exact thing. It's p- people's uh, the the more you know about willing how, suspension of disbelief. Right. The more you know about like the human psyche and how malleable it is, 
for seeing things and remembering things, the more you're like, oh, okay, so this is yeah. this is all fraud. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like that uh, like that Family Guy bit where they're you know where they're basically trying to expose Jesus as ba- as like a, a low level magician. <laughs> he's like da 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 da, and he takes a fish and puts it behind his back, and he's got another fish back there, and he ah two fish, you know, like <laughs> so. So I just I want to expand on this creepy graveyard just a little bit because okay. I really do enjoy this this first scene. So their car breaks down in front of the creepiest part uh, in the creepiest state in the creepiest graveyard. And Ed is just very excited to fix the car. He's like, well, the car's dead. I'm going to get out in this creepy spot and <laughs> check on the radiator. And then, uh, of course, Lorraine uh, starts feeling... You know, she's she's the one who's in tune with with the dead. And so she starts seeing all the, you know, all the creepy stuff going on. And and uh, and then a bunch of zombies surround the car. And uh, one of the zombies kicks Ed out into the street where a zombie semi truck shows up suddenly and swerves just out of the way to miss Ed. And yeah, and then we're given that piece of exposition where it's like, oh, man, it's that doll. She's just like a tuning a tuning fork or for bad stuff or maybe an amplifier for evil or something like, you know, that is given to us. She's a, she's a beacon for other spirits, beacon for other spirits. So that's the premise, right? Uh Is that's what Annabelle is. She's basically like an amplifier for bad shit. So here's uh, just a quick question to the audience, because I know that I know that everybody has different opinions on this. Which is your favorite conjuring movie and why? What's your answer to this one, Bryce? Do you have an answer? I don't know. I'm just not like a huge fan of any of them, really. Like I can't I can't point to anyone that stood out to me. Let's see what like, we got. I I know that what the worst ones that I've seen are <laughs> Annabelle Creation and Curse of La Llorona. Yeah. Um, so here's what we got. We got Conjuring 1 and 2. Annabelle, one, two, and three, the nun, and the curse of La Llorona. Yeah, I think I'd. This one's up there. I'm not even sure I've seen Conjuring two yet. It's pretty good. Conjuring and this one are pretty on par. Conjuring is probably better. You know, just you, because it has more of a story. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the Conjuring a lot, and you described uh, why you didn't like it, which was it got hyped up a lot for you. I went into The Conjuring with no knowledge. I was just like, oh, there's a scary movie out. Like, right. And and we were at the beach, and we were with uh, Carrie's cousin. And so we were like, you guys, I mean, we got nothing to do tonight. You want to just pop on over to this theater we've never been to and watch a scary movie? And it was great. Like, it, you know, it was like. It was it was like my experience with Hereditary, where I I had no knowledge of anything about what right. it was going in, and then I was just very pleasantly surprised. And I think that was part of why the hype train on The Conjuring started, is because it was just this unassuming minor horror movie that that did better than average. And anyway, so yeah, I'd say I'd say the first one. I really did not like The Nun, and I really did not like. The Curse of Law, Yorona, and I really did not like the second Annabelle. Yeah. So, anyway. So, at this point, the Warrens get uh, Annabelle to their room of, of bad artifacts, um, 
and all the artifacts are going nuts as soon as as soon as they bring the doll in there all the artifacts are like kind of wigging out you can feel that shit's not right and so they're like well shit they got it they got like the pastor there or not the pastor he's the he's a catholic clergy he's some form of father and uh he's trying to bless things and he's just you know he he can't get it up and so they're like how do we contain the evil within this doll and they're like, what about glass? What about the glass from the Trinity, or what was it? Uh, it's something. Uh, it was a church name that I recognized. I can't remember, but it was it was just basically a church. Yeah, the glass from that church. Yeah, yeah, of course it's holy glass that has to contain the doll. It can't be something not see through. It can't be just a cabinet. Right. It can't be like a, a holy box. Uh huh. Or like a holy cupboard, uh-huh. <laughs> which would be probably a lot easier to get home and than having to worry about transporting panes of glass to your house. Just pull the cabinets out and bring them home. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then we get introduced to the most stunning actress I've seen probably all year, Mary Ellen, who is gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. I think you say this every time there's just a hot young actress in a movie that she's the most stunning that you've ever seen. Well, she is. At that moment, I'm being very honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, that really is representative of how men's minds work, though. It is. It's a great example. I don't remember any good-looking women. I remember this one right now, and she's the best. What happened? What happened? 15 seconds ago, everything <laughs> before that is erased in my mind. Look at that one. And then, and then, weirdly enough, as soon as they're gone, it's gone. You're like... Oh look, it's my wife. She's so pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh what the heck is that? Like I have no control over it. I can't be blamed. I'm not culpable. Culpable. So uh so the, yeah, then we uh the Warren's child named Judy, uh we get to follow her through school. She's kind of sullen and sad because it's set up that you know, she realized she's at the age where she and all of her friends realize what her parents are, which yeah. is sp- spooky guys. Yeah. She's like a low-key Wednesday Adams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a really low-key we- right. Wednesday Adams. That's yeah. a good, uh, good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, so she so she's reading like a little newspaper article that's describing her parents as hacks and, you know, which they are. And so she's appropriately saddened by by her hack parents and and the fact that all of her peers uh, realize her parents are at the very least spooky and at the worst total hacks. So so and and this is kind of where things start trying to be very spooky like in earnest, right? Because she's followed around by this Catholic clergy who's seemingly dead. The sc- <laughs> the scariest character in the movie, a Catholic priest. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> Probably represents the most real danger to that little girl <laughs> compared to any of the paranormal stuff. It's a girl, though, so she's safe. Well, uh... Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so... This is kind of a, a little a little spot where it starts, you know, I mean, well, I guess it started in the graveyard, but it really doesn't stop with like these fake outs and these little jump scares and these foreboding figures. And it is constantly giving you this, this like drip, right. this IV drip of, look, scary stuff. Yeah. Hey, scary stuff. Hey. S- slow. Look, I... <laughs> 
now you see him now you don't yeah it's very very much that's that should be one of the taglines for this movie is now you see him now you don't yeah it's like like someone blocks the the view of the scary thing in the background and then when it's unblocked they're gone i wish i didn't or all of a sudden they're there when they're weren't there before and yeah it's like yeah i mean it works i guess but when you when you see through it and you're like i know what they're doing it doesn't work as much but i gotta say that they had really really effective fake outs and i can't remember exactly the one that i'm thinking of but i think it was early on in uh oh yeah it was the the first scene with them in the car with the warrens in the car and it was really like really quiet yeah and it was just looking at elizabeth and like annabelle's in the background and you mean lorraine lorraine yeah no what annabelle's in the background she's in the back yeah but you said elizabeth warren oh not elizabeth (laughs) lorraine warren (laughs) (laughs) lorraine warren's running for president right (laughs) no no it's the other one okay uh so yeah (laughs) and then just like nothing happens right that's what i really i and it sounds dumb because it's like, but I really do appreciate the fake outs where it's a long tension build and then nothing. Yeah. And that, that for me works because, you know, you I mean, gotta you gotta set know, it up for the end. I'm I mean, like, you I'm, gotta, you gotta like, uh, build up a, I've got a Pavlovian response here. I've seen too many horror movies. So I'm just like, there's a jump scare here. There's a jump scare here. There's a jump scare here. And when they don't throw it in, it's like, whoa, hey, wait. Yeah. Wait, but, but but what? So it kind of trips me up. I'm a dog left drooling, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we get introduced to my favorite character in the whole movie. Character in the whole movie. My favorite actor in the whole movie is obviously Mary Ellen uh, because she's just gorgeous and I love her to death. But the, my favorite character in the movie is Bob, who is Mary Ellen's crush, who's the cashier at the local grocery store. Which is a very 1960s kind of like early 1960s vibe uh-huh. grocery store, and he's just the nice young man behind the counter working for his father's grocery store, and uh, they, you know, they establish a little little crush there, a little goofy puppy love. The one thing that didn't work for me, but it's like you can't. It's a movie or whatever. But if they had make him made him a little more goofy looking. It would have worked a little more. The dude, I mean, yeah, he's a stunner. I'm I'm secure with my masculinity. Yeah, this he was a very very good looking fella. Yeah, like, he sure was. There's no girl that would look at this at Bob and be like, Bob, <laughs> why would I go out with Bob? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a- like, he's he's a beautiful, like athletic bodied. Yes. Young man with the voice of an angel, fucking slayer, that will man. Serenade you. That kid slays yeah. the girls, like just left and right. I'm sure because he's he's disarmingly beautiful, right? You know. And then the the recurring joke with him is Bob's got balls. Yeah, Bob's got balls. They call, his nickname is Balls, <laughs> and because uh, he's he's yeah doesn't quite make sense because he's not extremely forward yeah 
Like he's, he's, he's kind of goofy. He's very know. earnest. Yeah. Like, like, he, and, and the actor who plays him does such a great job because there's no way you can dislike Bob. No one, I defy you to go into this movie. And, even with the preconceived notion of, I'm going to hate this guy. I don't even, I haven't seen the movie yet. I just heard David and Bryce challenge me to hate him. You're not going to be able to because he's just that next door guy who is, right. who's going to help you wash your car or whatever, right. or, or change the bearings on your skateboard i don't know whatever (laughs) he's a nice guy he's a nice guy which brings me to uh a point i'm sorry go ahead i would have preferred that like there's a point in when she asks him how he got his nickname or or why they call him balls or something i would have just preferred if they just said Oh, it's because I have just gigantic testicles. <laughs> it's a, I have abnormally large testicles. It's a condition. Yeah. So this brings me to a point, really great acting by a young cast, which seems like it would be hard to accomplish, but we're seeing seeing more and more of it. Remember Ma? We just, we just got done with Ma. Mm-hmm. Great acting in Ma. I think even better acting by a young cast in this one, although it's a, a little bit smaller cast. I think for me, I'm entering the realm of old manhood where mm. I can't actually discern the difference between teenagers and early 20s now. Yeah, it is. To where, like, all the actors, they're actually, you know, probably like 25. <laughs> but to me, they're like, wow, these these teenagers can really act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, like, <laughs> for example, the actress playing Mary Ellen is something like 22 or 3. Uh-huh. And she looks like she's 16. Yeah. Now, but then you see a 16-year-old and you're like... Oh wow! I forgot that there were humans that tiny. Yeah, it's like oh, that's a ten-year-old. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So everything just looks. Everything is amplified by. And then you see like a seventy-year-old man, and they're like, you're like, that's like almost in the grave. That's like. <laughs> no, I see a seventy-year-old man. I'm like, oh, well, that's like five years away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different problem, I think. Oh. So. Also, a lot of good camera work in this movie uh, it, for a horror movie, like over-the-shoulder, tight camera work, which is kind of the thing that The Conjuring pioneered, or at least the uh, the trend that it really kicked into high gear. Like over-the-shoulder, tight camera work um, is utilized a lot. Close shots of the face or objects so that you can't see around them, but you kind of you want to see right. what's going on around them. Yeah, it's good good camera work. I it, it looks really good too. I think the one thing that bothers me about conjuring movies and I've said this before and it doesn't do it as much in this movie is the spooky house syndrome mm-hmm. of let's make this let's make the the set design and all of the scenes be as spooky and dark and weird and old and cobwebby and stuff as possible and they didn't do it as much in this movie this was a dark movie it was but yeah i mean it it was dark but at least they said it at night yeah (laughs) like it it made kind of sense but then towards the end like the last act i kept asking myself several questions of like why don't they just uh you know turn on the lights yeah oh uh, they're walking around with flashlights in your own home? And when the lights are on, it's still the darkest fucking place on Earth. It's like, what are these 10-watt bulbs? What's happening? Why, yeah, why is, is it so dim in here? Yeah. and Was the 60s just a dim time? Yeah. 
It was brown and yellow tinted. Uh, th- then the other thing, this is like a wider thing, even just the doll Annabelle itself, I can't take it seriously looking at Annabelle, like the the close-ups of Annabelle's face. Because, number one, who would give that doll to a child? Yeah. Like, what, what universe does that doll exist in? Or did she ever look like a new doll? I don't remember Annabelle creation, her looking like a new doll that wasn't the fucking creepiest thing in the world. Yeah, she looks like a wooden, um, what are those, um, a ventriloquist doll. Yeah. You know, like she really does, and it's disconcerting. But not just that, it's like... Made up scary. Extreme, like, hundred year patina with, like, weird scars and, like, blood scratches stuff. Yeah. Have you seen the original Annabelle, like the Annabelle that she's actually based off of? Yeah, it's, it's based a, off of an actual. It's a Raggedy Ann doll. It's a Raggedy. <laughs> yeah, and not just not just a Raggedy like yeah d- no I'm sorry just a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, it is th- what you when I say Raggedy Ann Raggedy Andy that exact doll. Yeah, and it's just this stuffed doll, standard no with, with yarn hair. Yeah, and it's but the interesting thing is it is in a in a glass case. With like these these words on it that are like absolutely positively stay away demons inside and this little cute little raggedy end all sitting there like eh. yeah so and then that just underlines the question of were the were the actual Warrens just gigantic trolls <laughs> yes and they're like no nah, these suckers will buy this yeah look at this uh completely normal raggedy and doll nope this is an evil doll yeah. don't go near it don't go near it now give us your money so yeah. we can take a picture exercise your spirits yeah so yeah that's definitely a thing with the conjuring movies is spooky for the sp- sake of spooky yeah and this gets into w- one of the topics that i've wanted to talk about for a while is it feels like there's two like subsets of horror movie fans and I think the bigger one is the one that enjoys the horror aesthetic mm. more than like the the art horror itself. Yeah, the the actual. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right because they're they're the people that are like complaining like, oh, it's not scary, or they or they watch Hereditary or something. They're like, oh, it's so boring. And it's not even a horror movie, but right. I think they're the same ones that... Because there wasn't a monster, or th- there wasn't, like, you know... It wasn't a, super dark. A big kill count, or like, or body count, or, like, there wasn't gore, appropriate amounts of gore, or something like that. Yeah, and I don't... I don't want to bag on people that enjoy that, but I think it's, it's, a, it's definitely a thing to point out, is that there are people that are big fans of just the aesthetic of dark you know goth stuff people that get all tatted up with horror tattoos and stuff like that's definitely a thing and especially people that it's a strong lane in the horror genre i mean it's rob zombie's whole career right people that really love zombie movies are more loving them for the zombie aesthetic than the actual movies itself i don't know to me yeah, I, mean, I think I think with zombie movies, there's a few different lanes of people. You know, there's like the prepper version person who likes in, who likes theorizing what they would do in the event of a zombie apocalypse. 
there's the gore person who you're talking about who just enjoys the aesthetic. Yeah. And then there's, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, and then there's, you know, for a lot of the classics, there's, you know, the, the, the person who enjoys the art of the actual... Yeah, of the so, actual filmmaking. I guess that's what bothers me about movies that use that shorthand of the aesthetic of like, this is scary because it looks like a horror movie. Right. And I just, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a crutch, first of all, which, I mean, you know, it's an effective crutch in, for a lot of people, so pff, why not use it? But um, it's a solid story it does not make Yeah, uh, alone. So for me, I'm like... Some of my favorite movies, horror movies, just look like movies. Right. Or they look like normal. That That's the scariest thing for me is when stuff looks completely normal. When real life. scary stuff happens. Yeah. When real life becomes alarming. Right. Which is why you guys should tune in next week for the movie that we've been waiting for ever since we heard about it over eight months or so. Midsummer. From the maker of Hereditary, oh my god, I'm so excited, how am I reviewing Annabelle Comes Home, and next week we get to see Midsummer. Okay. Okay. Alright, moving on. Sorry, that's yeah. my little rant about horror aesthetic. So, the the over-under on this movie is Mary Ellen is watching Judy, the Warrens' kids, at the Warrens' house, and her friend shows up, Daniela shows up, and, uh, you know, she... she she fucks everything up really bad. Yeah. It's she, even in the trailer. What what did you touch? I touched everything. Yeah. Yeah. And there's <laughs> there's this great part where she she asked um oh, I have it written down just a second. Oh yeah. So first first of all, this is very much the scene of everything she touches, you should be telling yourself here are all the things that we'll need to see later. Yeah. Like, this will be important later. Right. You know, very much. And, yeah, pretty much everything that you is featured on the camera in that scene is later shown in the, the finale. Um, and then she asked the room, if there is a presence in this room, please give me a sign. And I really wish it just would have gone, like, completely nuts like <laughs> yeah like a like a uh, arcade room yeah. that's just that's she just won the grand prize at a casino or something yeah. like that i wish it would have been like the elevator scene in the cabin in the woods <laughs> just everything just goes crazy and then later in the movie that actually does happen yeah yeah it's a, it's a great it's a great uh it's a great scene yeah uh, and uh and so yeah, so basically, you know, things start getting out of control once she physically breaks into the room with all the warning signs all over it. She's like, she's got nine locks on the door. She searches really hard for the key. She breaks in there. And the idea behind why she's doing this is she knows that the Warrens have some connection with the dead. And she lost, Daniela lost her father when she was young. And she blames herself for the accident that caused his death. Yeah, this is, this is actually like the part where. I turned the corner on it because I was asking myself about a quarter of the way in while she's looking at these objects and stuff. I'm like, why are we here? I don't really care about any of these characters at this point, or I especially don't care about her. Mm. She's just set up to be, okay, this is the, um, you know, the trans transgressive girl. It, it, it kind of uses the trope of the, 
of the harlot right the <laughs> in non, other horror the non virgin the non virgin uh in horror movies you're like okay this is a archetype that they are using in this movie and then in one word it gives her like all the character development that i need she's in this room and i think something moves or something or yeah. she she asks to hear if there's a presence and then she says dad yeah which is great you don't know anything about her situation up to this point or why she's interested in this room at all and then in one word you're like oh well that's so tragic her and dead sad. dad she really wants to connect with her dad and, and like that is to me a sign of really really good screenwriting yeah it it has the effort has the some awareness <laughs> that you don't have to say in exposition in a scene earlier oh my dad died in a horrible car accident and i really miss him a lot do you think your parents could connect me with my dead dad right <laughs> and then have her go searching through the house and there are plenty of movies that would do that yeah and they don't do it they they just let you find out yeah that's great yeah it's pretty good so so the reason she's there is to try and reconnect with her dead father um which is you know it's it's probably not the best way to go about it but um but hey you know she's a young girl she does make good decisions so uh there's a lot of knocks at the front door on this movie the front door is off the chain bryce right. like Knock, knock, knock. Ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong. Everybody's showing up. As soon as Annabelle, uh, as soon as, as soon as Daniela, like, she's like, she's in that room. She's like, somebody give me a sign. Nothing gives her a sign. She starts walking out the door. And then, bong, there's a, there's a bong at the back of the room. And Annabelle has leaned herself over and tapped on the glass. Tap, tap. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, she walks up to the friggin' glass and it says don't open positive don't cone here it's got everything except like a nuclear waste sign on the door and uh so she opens it of course and then and then shit hits the fan because you kind of hear like the spirit of of all these different objects like roaring back into all these objects but so there's there's Dead things knocking at the front door, and uh, and so you're kind of trained to to go. Oh, oh, something's at the door. Well, one of the knocks at the door is Bob, and he shows up and he's like, "Hey, Mary Ellen, like I just heard you were, uh, I just heard you were, you know, babysitting here. So just you know, hi, hi." <laughs> and she's like, "You can't come in, Bob. Like I'm, I'm being paid. I'm, I'm the good girl." And uh, and at the same time, the pizza dude shows up, who is <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, hilarious, fun. I love the pizza guy, and he deems Bob. Bob has balls. He he's the guy who coins Bob as the guy with balls because, damn, showing up to to uh, to see Mary Ellen. Way to go, Bob. That does that would take some balls, and uh, it was very funny. Um, I can't remember exactly why, except the pizza dude was just. Just a cornball. Yeah, it was a really great comedic relief yeah. moment. So now basically we get into all the different monsters. So there's a bunch of different spooks and monsters. I'll kind of go down the list and you can, uh, you can you know, interject with why you did or didn't like them as you see fit. So there was the knife-wielding dead bride. 
uh-huh. with uh, blood all over her, and she was uh, a mainstay. She was probably the first one, I think. We got we got another like side story with it's not even a story really. It's just kind of like following Bob outside uh-huh. the. <laughs> house with the hellhound so there's like this werewolf thing chasing bob around the house yeah i mean this is like where it goes (laughs) this enters like all right we're just gonna be kind of goofy now but for some reason it still has the tone of seriousness it's fun it's the the hellhound is is my favorite one because it's it's the one that follows bob yeah and bob gets trapped in the hen house with his (laughs) chicken gets out he's like oh no no chicken no chicken come back don't go outside closes the door of the chicken coop he's like i'm sorry And then you hear the chicken, rock, 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 and he's like, oh, no, the poor chicken. Yeah, it worked really well. Yeah. Because you were scared. Like, Jesus Christ, the door, the chicken coop comes, and that dumb chicken, that chicken was the most chickeny chicken I've ever seen. My <laughs> my parents have chickens, have since I was a little kid, and uh, and they're so uniquely chickeny. If you've, if you've been around for chickens for a little bit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They're just fucking dense you know yeah and this chicken just chickens out gets eaten up yeah i mean chickens are definitely the animal that if you feel bad about eating animals just walk around a chicken for a while (laughs) like all right i don't feel bad about. but that's not a fair comparison (laughs) it's like it's comparing like a dolphin to a worm you know i mean (laughs) chickens are so so dumb yeah so then we got the feely mealy game which is (laughs) One of my favorites, which is a game, a Milton Bradley game, I guess, that I'm not familiar with. It may or may not exist in real life, where you have to stick your hand in a dark box and feel around, uh-huh. and you can you can just guess what whatever's yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. That feeling, mealy thing. It's scary. You can't There's, see it. You can't see it. Probably the most notable thing from the Conjuring franchise that I can think of, at least in terms of uh, a physical presence, is that samurai suit. Uh, in the in the artifact room, he makes quite an appearance. Uh, and then the then my favorite one in I'd say the whole movie besides the Hellhound is the future telling TV. Yeah, a TV that has is also a camera that shows the future. Somehow. Right. So Dan, yeah, that was that was uh like all right, I get where we're going here. Like okay, un- this is like it's just uh shoving in every weird scary sci-fi thing into it yeah it's a great device it, it actually really works really well I, out of all the see the the ending very much is um just all about setups and delivery it really doesn't worry about much storytelling other than all this stuff happens and they it separates all of the characters it separates the three girls and each th- one of the girls has specific things happen to them yeah you know um but that one stood out that one was like unique and creative and interesting like it took all of the all right i see something down the hall moving slowly i'm gonna open this door real slow what's behind the door what's behind the door nothing oh it's behind me yeah that's it that happens like you know five times at least yeah and each time they have to take like the slow slow like two minute long setup 
to do it. And you're Tension like, All built. Right. But the TV was unique. It's like, okay, this enters into sci-fi yeah. realm, and it's a unique concept. It so is like, a unique okay, concept. All right, I'm on board. I was so thrilled with the TV because because it immediately felt like a completely new and foreign uh, scare device, and uh, and it only works in a one scene premise. Right. Like you can't build a movie off of that TV. No. Yeah, this is the perfect place for this scare vehicle. Yeah. And so basically what it is is Daniela's in the artifact room and this TV turns on and it shows her walking up to the TV and looking deeply into it and being confused. And then of course that's what she does because the TV turned on and it's got her in it looking at her, essentially, you know, so it's like a mirror almost, but a mirror looking into the future. And it, uh, and then, you know, things happen behind her ahead of time in the TV. And then they happen behind her, you know, a- after the fact in real life. So it's like she's being forced to watch her future unfold. And it's, uh, it's, bel- <laughs> man, if that happened in real, that would, ha- if, if that happened in real life, that's exactly how it would happen, I guess. I don't know. Right. It's such sure. a silly thing to, yeah. to postulate. But so and then, of course, there is also one of the other m- more effective spooks in this was the Undertaker with coin eyes. He was he was great. He kept dropping coins throughout the house for Mary Ellen to find. And uh, and his eyes would r- reflect her her dying flashlight. Of course, the flashlight dies. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, one of the one of the minor problems that kind of niggled at me um, during this long, like, scare fest was none of the girls seemed to realize or care that they were separated from each other in this very small house. You know, they weren't, it wasn't like, hey, Daniela, where are you? Or like, Judy, or hey, Mary Ellen. There was yeah. none of that. It was just like, we're in this like almost ranch style home with a basement. Yeah, and supposedly they're looking for each other, right? No, they weren't. What are they doing? Just I don't know. They're just around the They're separated by like fifty feet, <laughs> experiencing totally separate scares throughout the I don't know. It was And then this movie features the most soundproof doors oh, in yeah. any nineteen sixties house in the world. Yeah. Like you hear them screaming Help ah! And then it shows the outside of the door, and it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. all right, so they can't hear each other in the, you know, it's silly, twelve hundred square foot house. All it, right, uh, one of the more effective parts in this whole scare fest was the bells ringing. When so uh, Lorraine Warren is a collector of bells. <laughs> soul bells or something like that and uh and at one point they all ring at once it gave me chills yeah and of course the scariest thing of all in this movie is asthma mary ellen has an asthma attack and which had never been mentioned before never had been mentioned uh, but but uh if you think about it that's the one thing in this house that could actually kill you right um aside from maybe the samurai sword yeah i mean it even shows the bride stabbing uh poor man's mila kunis and she's not actually harmed. She's yeah. like, it looks like she's stabbed, and she freaks out like she got she stabbed. She thinks she got stabbed. But then there's nothing. Nothing. Um, yeah, I would, uh, I'd just like to say I'd love to drag that screaming blonde around the house. You know? I'd love to. She got dragged around that house a lot, but I'm just saying, if you need somebody to drag around you around the house screaming, 
I'll do it. Jesus. I'm not going to make you screen them. I'm just saying if that's your thing. That sounds like that's your thing. No, it's not. I mean. <laughs> no, it's not. It sounds like you want a screaming blonde. I know how it. I mean, that's. But that. It's, I think you're projecting a lot of things onto me right now. I mean. Like. What about the implications? What implications? Like, it sounds like you want to rape that girl. Whoa! Whoa! Excuse me? Wow. Uh, no. First of all, that is patently untrue. I'm just saying, like, she was dragged around the house by her hair a lot. I mean, why does she have to be screaming? She doesn't. Why does that? Why I'm is saying, that enjoyable to you? It's not. I'm saying, if you need that, I can provide it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. About you, David. I'm keeping an eye on you. There's some mouth. Uh, there's some vomiting into mouth in this movie. Um, of course, no, no horror movie would be complete without mouth blood vomit. Yeah. And um, I think that's the only like actual possession in the movie, whose taglines is "possess them all." Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's very little like there's demonic. A- possession all the rest of it is possession attempts yeah right so and then um so you know things things wrap themselves up i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go way deep into it because there's not it's not super notable but as things wrap up um the house is the house is clean they get annabelle back into her box and the um, evil has been contained the evil has been contained once again and the girls all say they make a pact with each other as the Warrens are coming home and they say, "My, <laughs> I like this a lot. They say, okay, girls, we tell the Warrens everything. And my addition to that is, okay, they, they, the Warrens walk up to them and they're like, how'd it go? And the girls are like, okay, don't be mad. But, (laughs) and that's their intro into telling them everything. Like, okay, don't be mad. Because that's how I would do it every time. I'd be like, okay, Carrie, I have some bad news. Don't freak out. (laughs) It's like, I have some bad news. Don't freak out is, that's the cue to freak out. Yeah. And then, of course, there were some cool credits at the end of this. I, I like the the little montage-y sort of artsy way they did the credits, and they had some cool music. Pretty good soundtrack in this whole thing, too. So, final recommendations. Who do you suppose would enjoy this movie? It's a great date movie. It's a good general audience horror movie. Yeah. Like, there's there's no really, like, gatekeeping around this movie. Like... If you want to see a scary movie, this will scare you. Very accessible. Um, very, yeah. This is it, it's it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. To, to which is surprising to me, considering the second Annabelle, I really thought this was going to be a hot, hot poop. Um. Yeah, I would agree. I'd say, yeah. Anybody, if you're if you're going to see a doll movie this weekend, see Annabelle comes home. Well, I don't know. There's there's child's playing Annabelle. I'd say. I'd and say, Toy Story. And Toy Story. <laughs> Jesus Toy Story Christ. Four. What the fuck is going on? Um, so, yeah, I would say if you're looking for goof factor to 11, like slasher, definitely go see Child's Play. And if you're looking for a scary movie, see, see Annabelle uh, comes home. Right. Okay. And with that, let's get into taglines. 
tagline. I forgot to play my clip. I'm very, I was, uh, darn it. Um, so I'm going to go back a little bit to before we said this is taglines and say, so when she let Annabelle out of the cage, when she opened the cage, it reminded me of a part in Simpsons, in the Simpsons where, (laughs) hey, where, uh, where the kids are watching uh, one of those crappy 1970s, like, how a bill gets passed in Congress uh, oh, yeah. uh, parodies. Oh, uh, we'll get flagged by it. Oh, we song. will? Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, then... We got flagged by the, the Cletus Slackjawed Yokel Jesus. theme song. Dude, taking all the fun out... Well, I'll, I'll put it... I'll put the video with the timestamp into the post, so... <laughs> Go check it out. It's where it's where uh, Ted Kennedy tells the bill. He's like, yeah. hey, it's over, Bill. Good news. You passed. And the bill goes, doors open, boys. And all the bills come running up the steps of Congress. And they're like, Woo-hoo! and they're shooting guns and they got a bomb. And, and that's exactly what happened when they let Annabelle out of the cage. All the all yeah, the right. objects were like, Woo-hoo! doors open, boys. If if it's just that part, it'll do fine. If it's the actual song, I think it'll get flagged. Mm, let's not risk it. I've right. already gone into detail. All right. Yeah, man. See um, the post. Yeah, see, go check out the post. It's uh, at horrormovietalk.com. So without any further ado, let's get into taglines. Annabelle comes home. It'll give you the feely mealies. <laughs> so mine, uh, so let's let's do remember... The real tagline, possess them all. Mm-hmm. Gotta possess them all. <laughs> I I have, it's so, like, I can't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annabelle comes home. Scary peekaboo. <laughs> yeah. That could really be, that should be the franchise name. It shouldn't be the Conjuring universe. It should just be Scary Peekaboo universe. Scary Peekaboo universe. Uh Yeah, I like it. Annabelle comes home. Gotta touch that doll! (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Annabelle comes home. When you play with this doll, a demon plays with you. Ew. (laughs) Yeah. Annabelle comes home. Gotta gotta guitar that dog! (laughs) Remember when Bob threw the guitar at that dog? <laughs> that was great. All right, how many of these do you have? We can be here all day. Okay, Annabelle comes home. Less orphans, more sweater puppies. Ooh, yeah. Oh, man. So many sweater puppies in this movie. Uh, they're the real star. The real star. The real star movie. of this movie is sweater puppies. Bob's that should got, have been the tagline. Bob's got balls. Yeah, so mine are all very bad. Um <laughs> <laughs> you you can rake me over the coals appropriately on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, I don't know YouTube, Reddit, something. You just just tell me how bad I am. I love it. And with that, that's tagline. Thanks again very much for listening to our show. We sure do appreciate it. Make sure to share it with a friend. That makes a huge difference for us. We rely on web traffic, and when you share 
the post with a friend or share it on your Facebook or your Twitter or something like that. It makes a big difference in helping us get more people to the website. So please share this post um, or find it on Facebook and then share it. Also, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to Shudder and enter HMT at checkout. That's Shudder.com. And HMT at checkout gets you 30 days free trial to stream tons and tons of great horror. The first ever Russian horror movie is featured on Shudder right now. It's called Vi, spelled V-I-Y. And that's notable because it's the first Russian horror movie ever made. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm... That's the first Russian horror movie ever? I don't know. That's that's the, from the email that I got from Shudder. Uh, that's how they kind of positioned it. Huh. All right. It's not new. It's from like oh, long ago. Okay. So it's, it's from like, like the 50s or 60s or something okay, like that. Okay, I see. I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. Um, also, if you'd like to support the show, uh, head on over to our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. Click on the link, one of the links at the top, either the Amazon link to do your shopping on Amazon. That gives us a little piece of whatever you buy. It could be a couple cents, could uh, which is, you know, not, not a drop in the bucket. And it could be a couple of bucks, depending on what you buy and how much you spend on it. So do that, or click on that Patreon button right next to it. Become a patron, and you will, if you do it, Quickly, you will get into the Founding Members Club for only five bucks, and that gets you access grandfathered into all of the tiers uh, forthcoming that will be coming in July um, to all the different patron sizes, packages, tiers. tiers. And with that, thank you very much. We appreciate everything you guys do for us, and we'll see you next week with what we are most excited for probably this year or maybe ever our review of midsummer we are super excited so have a great week and join us next time thank you bye bye